Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yup! Fantasy, best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, alongside Frank Stample. And the closer, Chris Ventra. I am Greg Sussman. What's up, Ventra? What's up? What's up? It's your boy. I haven't done that in a while, I feel like, you know? Since yesterday? Probably turn my mic on. We yep. needed one of those. We, we need, needed yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- wake up. Let's How you go, doing, Ventra? I'm good. I'm How'd you good. sleep last night? You know, <laughs> still adjusting to the time change. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, the, the last time change... You know, the one that pushed us you back? Never you, you, you just got that. You never oh, yeah. recovered. I never recovered from that one. Now I think I'm getting back to normal. You know what I mean? From that last time change. <laughs> well, I, I think President Trump, by the way, like, wants to eliminate like, daylight savings time or just like or stay on one. He doesn't see the point. So maybe that'll help you. Yeah. Well, I guess the point is what? To wake up when daylight out? Supposed to, so the idea is to help is the he farmers. from Arizona? Is to help the farmers with light. With light. Yeah. When Nobody, it first came out... I mean, 500 years Does it ago. even matter anymore? No. No, it doesn't. No. And Arizona doesn't even change their clocks because they're like in the Why? right spot. What does Arizona have to do with anything? They don't. They're one of the, 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 no, only, no, they're no, the I, only state that doesn't change their clocks at all. I, I, I didn't know that. But what, well, like, why do you bring up Arizona? Where did that come well, from? Why do they, why do they not ever have to change their clocks? It's just a rule that they made. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, if they don't have to, then. Akbar Gabaja Biamila reports the Livia Bell has agreed to a four year. $86 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Le'Veon Bell? Yes. Wow. Womp, womp, womp. Some people said they're so not going to spend money, money. How much money are they just going to throw at Tevin Coleman now, Greg? We'll see if, that, we'll see if that's true. Mm-hmm. But that's the rumor. Oh, God. Bell to the Ravens. Le'Veon Bell to the Baltimore Ravens. The arch rivals of the Steelers. You, you think he may have done that I mean, purposely? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you right I mean, now. Sort of the money helps too. Yeah. Is he a first round pick? I take I might take him first overall. <laughs> on Baltimore. You know how much they're going to run? You're, I mean, oh my god. Do you know how much they're going to run? Oh, actually, you know with Lamar Jackson, Greg. Yeah, think about that. You know, this it might not be so crazy. And they got a pretty good offensive line. Decent. Yeah, I mean, it was good enough to make some of those guys last year look good. I mean, not good enough for my guy, Alex Collins. No, no. Alex Collins will be the first overall pick in the XFL draft next year. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I will love it. And I'll be on that with you, yes. Well, Le'Veon Bell, wow, to the Baltimore Ravens. So. That's the rumor. Akbar, Gabaja, Emila. <laughs> You're uh, struggling a little bit with that name, Greg. Not at all. I Akbar, Gabaja, Emila. All right. Say that five times fast. You guys brought up the two. Akbar, Gabaja, Emila. Akbar, Gabaja, Emila. That's, uh, uh, what's his name? Kabir Baja, Emila's brother? I think so. Yeah. You don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you guys are doing this right now. It's very impressive. Well, Kabab, Kabir Bajami Miller was a great defensive end for the Packers. In my, my younger years. Yeah, that's true. 100%. Yeah. Right, where would you take Le'Veon Bell right now? You're doing a best ball draft. Man, I'm just trying to like look at this. He goes at, 
I would take him ahead of Melvin Gordon. We'll see. I don't know if I would take him ahead of any of these other guys. I still think Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, I would still take all those guys ahead of him. Wouldn't you? I don't know if I, I take... the highest spot I could put Le'Veon Bell right now is sixth overall. Sixth overall. Okay, I, I would do Barkley, Gurley, Zeke. I mean, Gurley's kind of like Gurley's a like, season uh... thing. We gotta, I don't know. We gotta find out what's going on with him. I do love the Kamara. The season ended was just super weird. Yeah, I do love Kamara. I just think that Bell it might just get a lot more touches than Kamara overall. I could, I could see McCaffrey actually coming back a little bit. You know, the reports that we got late in the season last Mike year. Mike Clay says it's not real, so let's hold off. Not real with Mike Clay Marines. says y'all being fooled. Is that, is that a fake account? Looks like it's a fake account. Looks like I got got again. Oh, <laughs> got, don't got. report these things if you don't know what's going got on. Team. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll tell you, man. Jose Ramirez. You take over, Frank. Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Ventura, I got to figure out what's going on right now with the hate for Jose Ramirez. Now, you ask 10 different people, you might get 10 different answers right now where they're at in Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might still say, look, he's the consensus number three player this year in fantasy baseball behind Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. And then the other half might tell you, I would rather have seven or eight different players ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard people say that. I mean, last night I was on the Fantasy Pros Baseball Podcast. You can check it out on iTunes uh, with Bobby Sylvester. He said, I would, the earliest I would take him is pick nine in a draft. And then we had James Anderson on last week, Greg, with Rotowire. He's the lead prospect analyst, but he's in my great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And I, I was talking about this on Twitter when I first drafted Jose Ramirez, eighth overall. I said, what's going on here? Is there something I'm missing? Why is Jose yeah. Ramirez going at eight in a rotisserie draft? Specifically in a roto draft, because in my opinion, Jose Ramirez might be one of only five players that has the ability to go 30-30 right. in terms of 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. So where are you at with Jose Ramirez? Because his second half was brutal. Right. Maybe that's and why. some people right. are pushing him down draft boards now, thinking that all of a sudden he can't hit breaking balls, he can't hit curveballs. Because apparently that's what happened in the second half last year. Mm-hmm. Where are you at on Jose Ramirez? I- I'm, I'm on the side of third overall. Cemented in. Cemented in. You have the third pick. I'm taking Jose Ramirez. Two outfielders are gone. You're taking Jose Ramirez. Yep. Why is that? Um, I mean, listen, I think he's given us three years of production that has proven that he is one of the best hitters in the league. In Roto, he's a five-category player, pretty much. I mean, he had 270 last year, but two years prior, 318, 312. Um, Steals bases, stole 34 last year, barely got caught. Uh, Walks a ton. He just had a... Overall, a monster year. Even getting cold in the second half. I mean, imagine if he wasn't cold in the second half, the numbers he'd have. It was an insane year anyway, by any metric. So I I wouldn't be worried about a guy who's also 26 years old and in the prime of his career. I I don't think I would drop him down below these other guys who, you know, some of them also have issues. You know, they're not five-category players in Roto. Some of them, like, you know, J.D. Martinez, for instance. But, like, you know... I just think that Ramirez, especially position eligibility, I know he's only third base on a lot of uh, websites, but he's also a second baseman. And you don't know. The Yahoo has second base and third base eligibility. Right. He has both. So, mm-hmm. Yahoo. Mm-hmm. I think, listen, I, to me, I think you can't go wrong with Jose Ramirez. I don't care that he had a cold second half. Plenty of guys have had cold second halves before or cold first halves and hot second halves. And, you know, it, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't drop from five spots in yeah. the first round yeah. because of that. So, as a Jose Ramirez owner last year, I experienced it firsthand, man. Like, it, it, it sucked. Like, the first half, he was the best player in baseball. Yeah. Like, he, he basically went 30-30 in the first half, right? 
And you're like, oh, my God. What can he do in the second half? Even if he slowed down, you're like, all right, what can he do? And it was, it was absolutely brutal. To be exact, he had 29 and 20 in the first half. And then 10 more home runs in the second half, which is fine. 14 stolen bases. Like, still, it was... Still gave you 14 stolen still bases. Gave you 30, <laughs> still went 30-30, almost 40-30, right? Like, yeah. it's still a ridiculous year. But 218 average in the second half yeah. is obviously brutal. brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's brutal. He struck out more. Only oh, struck less in the second half. It's like, what about the counting stats? He had half the amount of RBI. He had 42 runs compared to 68. He struck out less. He walked eight times less. Struck out less. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it was still 11 and a half percent. The strikeout rate was the same in both. He actually walked more in the second half. It went up by four percent in the second half. The OPS dropped from a 1,029 in the first half to 793. In the second half. And a lot of people have pointed it to, apparently, pitchers were throwing him more breaking balls, more curve balls, and he struggled with those. Right. But I'm here to tell you that, and I look, I don't have data. This is just me trusting Jose Ramirez and what I've seen from him over the past couple of years. He is a professional ball player. Yeah. Pitchers made adjustments to him, and maybe he struggled against, you know, to make adjustments back. But he's now had a whole offseason to learn from what happened in that second half. Mm-hmm. And he's been a quality, quality baseball player for three years in a row now. Yes. Yeah. So are you just completely ignoring everything he did in the first half and only looking at the second half? And that's why you're... Look, it's not like he's going in like the you know, third, fourth round. I mean, he's, some people are dropping him like five spots. So I don't want to like over... I don't want to overrate that. Okay. But again, this is one of five players that legitimately has the upside to go 30-30 this Correct. year, Greg. Now... You've been on this a lot, more so than me, and I think more so than Chris also. What other players had really strong one half and not the other that comes come to your mind? Michael Conforto. Michael Conforto. A, I was going to say, I don't want to say the word, a crap first half, and he really came on the second half. But that's kind of injury-related, right? Like, he had to get healthy. Yeah. Anybody else come to your mind that had such stark contrast in the first half, in the first half of the second half? Because I remember you have said that we pay attention to guys that really came on strong in the second half, and we ignore their first half. We can't do that. Yeah. And the same holds true. Jesus Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar is a great example. Mm-hmm. Because he was amazing in the first half, and he was terrible in the second half. Mm-hmm. And terrible. I've, and I've sat here and discounted him, right? Like, all right, I believe it's a mirage, blah, 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 blah. And with Jose Ramirez, I'm ignoring that fact. And I don't think we can do that. I think you have to encompass all of it as one player. And you've said that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all the player. And I think we need to do a better job of that. Jose Ramirez, I am telling you, and you said it right there at your end, he is one of a few guys that can legitimately go 30-30 in the first half of the season. Like He's one of the few guys that has that ability to do that. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, mm-hmm. Acuna? Maybe. Maybe. That's it. Really? That's it. That's about it. Maybe Tommy well, Pham. I, I, I don't think Trey Turner could go 30-30, but I think Trey Turner could go 20-40. Which is, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. I guess Trevor Story do could that. do it. Maybe. 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 Maybe Trevor Story. But Jose Ramirez, we've seen it. <laughs> He's awesome. I'm telling you. Yeah. Look, the hard hit rate dropped significantly in the second half. Uh, first half, it was around 41%. Second half, it was 28.5%. So he was hitting more fly balls in the second half, but he just wasn't hitting them as hard. So just a lot of lazy fly balls in the second half last year. Maybe he tired down. I mean... Like, here's the thing is, it's one half of three years 
of, of production. Like, that's the thing. It's not like it's, it's his first breakout year. You know what I mean? Then I don't understand. Absolutely. Like, you know? If somebody wanted to make the position scarcity argument for taking an outfielder over him in a Roto League, I, I mean, I could buy into that more than people just saying, you know, he can't hit curveballs all of a sudden. Yeah. Because, you know, you can make the argument for J.D. Martinez or a Christian Yelich or a Ronald Acuna if you need to start five outfielders. Jose Ramirez, in most leagues, only plays third base. Mm-hmm. And that's a very deep position. Sure. Third base is a very deep position. Yes. So if you wanted to make that argument, that's something different. But right. I don't think we're here to say Jose Ramirez just can't hit curveballs and he's not going to make adjustments. I mean, even if he did struggle with curveballs, mm-hmm. he's going to work in the offseason, or at least I would imagine him to. Of course. Get yeah. better against hitting curveballs. I mean, he's a major league ball player. That's what he's supposed to do. And he's a great major league ball player who has great play discipline. Yeah, you know, he always walks a lot. The contact was there. You heard it. The first half and the second half, 11.5%. Strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. It didn't change. I mean, right. That's one of the best in baseball. That, that that gives me a little bit of a of a good sign. Like sure. he didn't strike out more, so he wasn't getting like completely fooled and just off balance and you know lost his way. He just probably wasn't hitting the ball as hard. He maybe he got a little unlucky. Uh, you should look into his Babbitt. I guess see see what it was in the, the second half. Was terrible in the second half. Awful, obviously, because he was hitting more fly balls and he wasn't hitting hitting them hard. So I mean, again, when you mm-hmm. hit a lot of fly balls, they're either Outs, Outs or, or homers. Home runs. Yeah. So either way, they're not helping your Babbitt because those balls aren't in play. Like, they're not landing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do so, you think that maybe he tried to do a launch angle thing to try to hit more homers? That's what he's been doing. And he's not that type of player? Years. He's sacked. Yeah. That's why you've seen him go from the over 300 batting average down to 270 last year because he's kind of sacrificed some of the batting average to try and hit for power. Well, the first half, he must have hit 340. I mean, or higher. He was amazing. Because he hit 218 in the second half. He so the back two seventy in the in the uh, first half last year he hit three hundred two. Okay, so he didn't really sacrifice by batting average there in the first half. Maybe I, I, I'm not sure exactly what his approach was in the second half. I mean that's something that's you know some some insider would have to know that. But like I, I would think he'd be able to adjust. Is what I'm saying. I don't think he's going to just fall off and have a bad year. Maybe he has a bad month along the way. But I think for the most part you're going to get the Jose Ramirez you've gotten for the past three years. Besides that last, you know, the second half. And even if he comes back a little bit, and we say this about Christian Yelich too, even if he regresses, mm-hmm. he could still pay off and be a top five player for yeah. fantasy. Because if you remember last year in that first half, he was the number one player in fantasy baseball. Yeah. He was better than Mike Trout. He was amazing. So and even if he be- comes he's back, best. I mean, let's just project him. Even if he hits 285 with 28 home runs, 28 stolen bases. 95 runs, and 90 RBIs. Okay. He's still a top five player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still so, a top five player. Correct. Put it, put it this way. And he doesn't have to do 39 it, and 34 like he did last year. In my, 28, 28. In my league, he had 734 fantasy points. The next third baseman was Alex Bregman with 654. He almost beat him by 100. So even if he was, you know... And he's great 60 for points, points worse, too. he's still the best third baseman. And he's great for a yeah, points leagues, Great too. for points leagues. That's why he's third for me. I'm a points league guy. I'm going to grab but him. Even you know? in, like he's, he's good regardless of format because he's yeah. giving you stolen bases, which is a He does category all categories well, yeah. Really well. Like He's a, you know, great at every single category. Is what he, category is he? Is definitely he? Your, your, your third ranked he player, is, Greg? without question. Without question. Yeah. To me, you know, I've, I've been harping a lot on the position scarcity. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, yesterday when we find out we have the fourth pick in, in yes. GST, I'm asking you guys, 
well, if Jose Ramirez doesn't go third, then he'll be there for us at four. But we could also look at J.D. Martinez or Christian Yelich. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll bring that up just because in Roto, I want to be able to grab an outfielder early. Well, that doesn't mean we can't take an outfielder in the second or the third round. So right. I think we'll be fine either way. Mm-hmm. But if you guys really believe that that Jose Ramirez is the, is the best player on the board there, if we're, when we're there on, at pick four, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be, right? But you, you're talking about a league with five outfielders, right? Yes, sir. So that's, that, that's the issue there. Changes everything. Yeah. yeah. Changes everything, no doubt. Jose Ramirez, I'm looking at the point scoring that I played in last year. He scored 670 points. The next closest hitter was Mookie Best with 639. <laughs> it's the best play- yeah. Jose Ramirez was the best player in points. I'm just the most confident out of any player after the first two that Jose Ramirez is the best. Yes. He had 106 walks and 80 strikeouts. Yeah. And I know you say that third base is deep, but... Besides Ramirez, there's probably three other third basemen that's even close to his level, and that's Javier Baez, Alex Bregman, Nolan Arenado right now. Right? We're not going to put Chris Bryant the definite first rounder there, and then the other two are like borderline yep. early second round. Right, yep. right. So I would take the chance on Ramirez. <laughs> you know what I mean? I He's worth it. Good. Hate has gone too far. Let's take a break here. Hey. When we come back, fantasy best friends forever. Uh, let's move on to find some late round steals. Help the whip out a bit. Uh, we'll do a whole lot more. Stick around. More from BFFs right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Roto experts. Insight as to where uh, Kimbrel might end up. Maybe uh, but the Phillies that I had heard there with a short-term deal. But this guy, he wanted six years, right? Well, that, that's not happening. I mean, listen, he picked the I know it's not happening. But <laughs> to all of a sudden, to, to one that's huge, he went to six years over $100 million. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig. Weren't you just replacing the World Series because you couldn't get anybody out? You couldn't throw the ball over the plate. You picked the wrong year to demand this. Sundays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 8 8- to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
want to remind you that you can catch our coverage of the NFBC High Stakes Fantasy Baseball Auctions this weekend and Friday and Saturday from the Stewart Hotel in NYC. Auction style. Seven grand in league prizes. $150,000 league prize. Frankly, I assume you'd give me some when you win. The NFBC has paid over $23 million in fantasy baseball prizes during its first 15 seasons. And with the kind of money on the line, these drafts are a great benchmark to use when prepping for your own. Frank and I will be there, as will Joe Pispia and uh, Brad Ziegler as well. We'll analyze the drafts in real time. Tune into the Fantasy Sports Network Friday and Saturday to hear all the action from the Stewart Hotel and the NFBC. Frank, I know you're excited about this. Very excited. I've been losing sleep. Getting ready for the draft, thinking about what I want to do, what kind of scenarios are going to fall to me. Yeah, It's really the early rounds that are kind of stressing me out because I, the middle rounds, I just told you guys, I, you know, picks 100 to 130. I love a lot of those players in that range. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once, once I get into, you know, rounds 6 through 10, like, I'm going to get into a groove and I'm going to like those players. It's just the, the end of rounds. the third round from pick 12 in a 15-team league is a very weird spot to be in because at that point, Usually, the top 12 starting pitchers are gone. So, you're talking about Walker Bueller and Syndergaard. Those guys are gone. So, now you're looking at the starting pitcher landscape at the end of the third round. Do I want to pull some guys up the draft board? Like a James Paxton or a Mike Clevenger or a Jameson Tyone, someone like that? Yep. Or do I want to draft a utility-only player who might mess up my versatility in a Chris Davis for the rest of the draft? Or, you know, the best hitter might be Cody Bellinger. First base outfield eligibility, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge Cody Bellinger fan, but he might be the best player available at the end of the third round. You might have to play it like that. I'm just trying to figure out, like... If the play by you. If Adalberto Montesi were there, I would take him. I was just looking at him. That's funny. I would take him at the end of the third round. But I don't think he's going to make it. Because an NFBC ADP... Why so early? He's like pick 34. Yeah. And my my third round pick is pick 42. So I don't think Montesi's going to... I have a question about that. Sure. Why is he going so high at a birthday? He's actually picked 38. So he's going so high because he does a little bit of everything. You know you're going to get speed. Roto. He's going to play every single day. He's going to lead off. When he came back up last year, Different player. basically provided first-round value from the mm-hmm. rest of the season mm-hmm. on. He does everything in Roto well. He really does. Uh, the look, walk rate is something. His plate discipline is not good. Yeah, that's the problem. If you play, play an OBP or if you play... And Roto's play, not. Most, most Roto's not, right? Yeah, most, so. most Roto, like this Roto league is batting average. Right, but, right, right. He, I mean, you talked about Trey Turner, who has the upside to hit 20 home runs and steal 40 bases. Mm-hmm. Adalberto Mondesi has that upside. Yeah. Because, you know, you look okay. at the hard hit rate and the average exit velocity last year. I mean, this guy actually made strides. He came back up, and he was hitting the ball hard, and he was hitting the ball in the air. So I am kind of buying into, you know, his body is filling out a little bit. When he came up a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. he was still very raw, and he was being used mainly as like a pinch runner. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't ready yet. And plus, that Royals team was competing. They weren't in a position where they can kind of let him learn on the job. Mm-hmm. Now they can because you know there's not there's not very uh, high expectations for the Kansas City Royals this year. So they're going to let him play. They're going to let him play through everything. The batting average might fluctuate a little bit, but he's one of the you know 10, 15 fastest players in baseball. And the gains that he made at the plate in terms of launch angle and hitting the ball hard mm-hmm. are legitimate. Yeah. So he can really hit 20 home runs with 40 steals this year. Yeah, he really he, can. He rips. And, and you know what? In, in uh, points leagues, he's actually really good, too. He averaged four points in my league. Four points average per game. That's a lot. You don't That's get penalized for strikeouts. We don't get penalized so for strikeouts, so that helps. So, so he doesn't in have my league, I do. So yeah. the fact that he only has like a 3-4% walk rate and his strikeout rate is going to be maybe near 25%. I think that's what bothers me, too. That doesn't help in a point. And then I look at his mind. We've got to improve the plate discipline for sure. But what about your guy, Javier Baez? I mean, there are players that can thrive 
being being like this, yeah. over aggressive swingers. Yeah, I mean, Stalin Monte. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but there are players that can thrive being over aggressive swingers who don't walk a lot yeah. and strike out a lot. Vlad Senior used to same way, swung at everything. That guy used to hit balls off the ground. <laughs> he was that no. good at hitting the ball. But no. it's not ideal for a young player that comes up, but it's not impossible either. I like him. Now here's the thing I, I look at because he's played one short season. You know, that's all we really have major league wise. Miners. His stats don't really stand out to me. And maybe it's because he hasn't really played a full season in the minors since 2013, 2014. Why hasn't he played full minor league seasons? Was he just coming up also, like coming into the majors back and forth at that time, all those times? Or was he ever injured, this guy? It might have been injuries. But, I, I mean, even in the games that he's played, 2017 last year, right, at AAA, he only played 85 games right. in AAA. At 305. He hit 13 home runs with 21 steals with a 305 batting average. Mm-hmm. So he shows you again some of that power speed combination. Yeah, he didn't play a full season; he only played eighty five games. But right, twenty seventeen, he showed you a little bit of that upside. And then last year um, at AAA, he only played twenty nine games. But then I think that's kind of around when they called him up. Right, he might have missed some time with an injury too. But again, 50, five well, home runs and ten stolen bases. So he definitely missed time with an injury because he, because combined he only played one hundred games. Yeah, so he yeah. definitely missed time with an injury last year. Right, right, right. But, you know, I was actually watching. I like that at, we're at the point in spring training where they have night games on. Mm-hmm. So when I got really nothing else going on, Kinga goes to sleep a little bit early. I'll put on a put on a baseball game. And I was listening to the broadcast, and they were talking about the way that the Royals view Alberto Mondesi. Mm-hmm. They think that this season, Greg, he can be an AL MVP candidate. Really? He could be a top five player in the American on League. On the worst American they League team? To, they, <laughs> they have to be good. For no, no, but, like, that. they were just talking about, like, his tools, and they were just raving about him. I mean, you know... Yeah. All right, well, what it's coach speak. What else are they gonna say? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm fall, saying maybe he, I'm falling for it a little bit because they were really, really raving about this guy. Yeah, so they're basically saying that he's gonna be a great player. That's it. They're not an saying, all around yeah. player too. And he's batting lead off of this team, so he's gonna get some. Even you don't though, have to worry about know. him getting sent down too, because correct, they're gonna keep him in there. They're gonna let him learn from his mistakes too. He's right. a very volatile player, and he you should have wanna, a good good average. If you don't want to take risks in the third round. Or fourth round, Adelberto Camonese might not be the guy for you. But he also has the upside to win you a league. Right. And you got me on him. And I think people in my league are going to pass this guy up. I think he's going to drop in value in my you league. You get him in a keeper league, too? That's what I'm saying. I think I might go after a guy like this. but He's only 23 years old. Right. Very young. I see the power emerging, as you said, at 13 homers in 2017 because he didn't really show the power before that. Um, and then, you know, last year. But... My thing is, I worry about guys that don't walk in the sense in Miley because if you don't walk and you get cold, it's really bad. You know, you're giving your, like, you, like guys that walk, even when they get cold, they're giving you points because they're getting on base, right? Mm-hmm. But when, and especially in a week-to-week league, head-to-head league like that, you need the points consistently. So when you got a guy that doesn't walk, and also, let's say he gets cold, this kid, and he's hitting 220 early in the season, production isn't going to be there, you know what I mean? On a consistent basis, you want that more could consistency hurt. Consistency in head-to-head leagues, right? Absolutely. That's why Justin Upton is such a frustrating player. Oh my god, I had him last year. Yeah. His month-by-month OPS. I mean, if you just look at it in his career, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it's up and down. I mean, one month he'll give you a 950 OPS, the next month he'll give you 650. Right. So it's tougher in, in head-to-head leagues. You do want some more consistency. But I'm on him. I'll take I, him. If I he... agree. I agree with you that you want you want some consistency there. But in roto, it's just. What are you giving me end of season? What are your end of season numbers? Right, and he's right, not really right. a guy that you'll ever take out of your lineup. Correct. Because he might have the upside to steal like three bags in one game. Yep. And then right. if you miss out on that, you're going to end up pulling your And the Royals are going to so. steal bases. He's just a 
okay, he might be streaky, him. but you just leave him in your lineup and let him go. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. I'm with it. I think this is so. A hopefully, he target. makes it to me at the end of the third round. Right? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, should we talk about some guys later that you can get? I can steal some bases. Yes, we, I think do, we, we should. Do we do that? We've talked a lot about our guy Cedric Mullins, who like hasn't gotten a hit. Spring <laughs> training. That's not true. I saw him hit a home run. <laughs> he's stolen three bases, I think, but I don't think he's gotten any hits. He, I've watched him hit a home run. I think people. you're lying. It's probably batting practice. <laughs> I kind of like this guy though. Why are you hating on Cedric Mullins? I love Cedric Actually, Mullins. Like yeah. I love Cedric Mullins. What do you like about him? And he bats lead off. He bats Baltimore. lead off. He plays in Baltimore. He hit fifteen, hit fifteen home runs, and still took twenty bases. Yeah, and he's going. Uh, he's going outside the top two hundred and at BCA. Much closer to pick three hundred than two hundred. Yeah, he's actually going outside the top three hundred. He's going to pick three oh two. I got him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational as my fourth outfielder. You probably don't want uh, him as your fourth. I prefer outfielder. him as my fifth. You, pre- you prefer him as your fifth, or maybe as a bench guy. But I loaded up on some upside just in case. You know, he's terrible. But mm-hmm. uh, look, he's not having the greatest spring so far. But he's going to lead off. I don't. The, or- the Orioles lineup is not going to be good. But but that's still a productive spot. Even yeah. if he's leading off for a bad team, he you can still get yeah. 75, 80 runs, whatever yeah. it might be. So, um, he has interesting tools to me. He showed me a little bit of pop last year. I think he's a guy that can hit 12 to 15 home runs. I think he hit maybe, more. Maybe steal 20 bases. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by Cedric Mullins. I mean, the guy hit double-digit homers in the minors almost every year. As your outfielder for your outfielder. As a young five. player. Again, I can't trust that enough. No, no, this is a great late round. He goes so late. Yeah, this is a late round guy. You're me. taking a flyer on him, and he could end up being, you know, a number two or three outfielder. How about this, Ventra? Stat cast sprint speed for Cedric Mullins puts him in the 95th percentile. Very fast. So maybe he has some stolen base upside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at here. I'm trying to identify some of these guys that are going late in drafts. And you can get your steals. And it's the, I'm not even going to preface this by saying if you look down at your team and realize you need more steals. Because everybody's going to look down at their team and realize that they need more steals. Of course. Because nobody in, steals bases you know, once you as get much like anymore. Round 20 and later... I mean, if you could find anyone that can give you stolen bases, they're worth drafting in Roto. So you were joking with us last night uh, when we were saying, uh, in the text of Florio and I, we were talking about, all right, we want Jose Ramirez in the first. Like, I'd love to get like, Trevor Bauer in, in around the second. And Frank, of course, was obsessed with outfielders. And was like, yeah. oh, I guess we'll just draft Leonis Martin. And I'm just like, well, late Leonis Martin's like, always had some speed. His teammate Greg Allen, people are in on. Like, do you have any interest, Leonis Martin and Greg Allen? <sighs> Again, Greg Allen. I will because Wait, Greg Allen was good like two years ago, right? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I feel like he just came up last year, and yeah. I thought he was like a defensive outfielder. Oh, I'm thinking of Craig turned, Allen, and then it turns out Craig that he's actually really fast. I don't. Leonis Martin last Cardinals. year, Greg, he was actually playing pretty well before he got hurt. And again, this is these are <laughs> you, not, could, you could say that every year of his life. These are not for <laughs> your the your ten teamers out there. These are you know twelve team leagues or deeper. If you need a fifth outfielder. It's just he was playing, he had 11 home runs and seven stolen bases in the first 84 games last year and only 318 at-bats. He was batting 255. He got caught four times, too. Again, it's, an, it's another guy that he might lead off for the Cleveland Indians. I mean, their lineup isn't going to be great, but yeah. if you're leading off, I feel better about the leadoff hitter for the Indians than I do about the leadoff hitter for the Orioles. Yes. At least you're going to have Jose Ramirez and you're going to have Lindor in the lineup, Carlos Santana, Jake Bowers. Is Lindor going to be in the lineup? Is Lindor going to be ready to go? No, probably not to start the year. That but it hurts. Mean that he's never going to be there. John, again, right? that. This lineup is really <laughs> shallow, though. Very much know? so. And yeah, that's very why shallow. The back hand, the back it's half bad. It's horrible. Brutal. It's bad. It's horrible. But yeah. the only smart team might be able to pop 15 to 20 home runs with 15 stolen bases. You're being very hopeful. 
15 to 20 homers. He had 11 home runs in 84 games last year, Ventures. I know, but this guy's been around forever, and he's never done anything. He's forever. always kind of had upside, though. He always did, but he's 31 now. 2016, 15 you know? home runs, 24 steals. 20. It's an interesting combination. Your boy Greg Allen had 21, 21 steals in 91 games last year. That's exactly right, but he's... He's going to give you nothing else. No. You got to be loaded with power and batting average. Nothing else. Nothing. He might steal 30 bases, but. Sure. 91 games. Give you, you, you're, you're telling me about something I don't know. Tell me about this guy, Greg Allen. I don't know anything about him. I, I know nothing. Leonis Martin has an, an ADP of 322. I'd rather Leonis Martin Greg Allen. But people are like high on this. Not high. But like, like this guy in the back end of the draft. I didn't understand why. Because it's stolen bases, Greg. That's I the only reason you. why they like him. That's really. <laughs> there's no other reason to like Greg Allen. You don't hit homers. He hit 257 last year. He went 21 for 25. In the minor leagues last year, in 47 games, he only hit two home runs. He had 12 stolen bases. So he's never hit more than seven home runs at any level of the minor (laughs) leagues. Yeah. But he does have seasons of, how about this, 2015, a little bit of, you know, a couple years ago, but 46 bags. 43 stolen bases. All right. That has my attention. 2016, 45 45 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. That has my attention. So. Look, everyone, when you get to this point in the draft, everyone's looking for stolen bases. Mm-hmm. So Greg, Greg Allen, yeah, he's going to be one of these. He's like a poor man's Malik Smith, D. Gordon. Is he going right? to play every day? Batting average is not going to be great. I think he is. They don't really have a lot of outfield depth on this team. Yeah. Who else are the Cleveland Indians going to play? Nake, Tyler, Tyler Naquin? They don't even, probably. They don't even have Lonnie Chisholm anymore. Lonnie Baseball now. Oh, uh, Lonnie Pittsburgh Pirates. I love Lonnie Baseball. <laughs> you do? Big fan. What's wrong with you? It's good. He's All like the, the you prototypical, like. you know, last guy on the roster yeah, batting great. eighth. He's you great. know, <laughs> he's, he's very good against. He's, he's very good against righties. Yeah, I mean, but here's the problem with Stone. You know what roster resource doesn't even have Greg Allen in the starting lineup anymore. No, really, no. They have Tyler Naquin. Exactly. Yeah, Naquin. Yeah. Which they have Jake because he's got experience. Left field. But you know that he you Greg Allen what, could take over at any moment. What kind of threw a curveball here was Hanley Ramirez signing there because I think they expected. Bowers and Carlos Santana to kind of share first base right. with DH. Right. So now if Hanley plays DH, DH every day, yeah, then goes three you up lose the rotate. one of the outfield yeah. field spots because Jake Bowers is going to play left field now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Greg Allen still maybe in a dynasty. One of these guys, like twenty to twenty-five stolen bases. Yeah, there's such a hard category, and that, and if you're playing for an overall, seriously, if you're playing like a high stakes league, you can't punt any category. Yeah. You have you have to be balanced. This is why I don't you have like, to have a little bit of everything. This is why Roto bothers me though, because look look at the guys that lead the league in stolen bases. Most of them aren't good. Like you know, they're just not. I, good I hear you players. on that too, because Billy Hamilton used to be drafted as like a, what a third, fourth round pick. Yeah, and he's not one of the fifty best players in baseball. Not even close. Not even close. But because he used to give you fifty stolen bases. Yeah, like I mean, you only had three guys still over forty. Two of them are good players. Okay, fine. I mean, you guys like Malik Smith. I mean, I know you do, Frank. Oh, uh, you got Ramirez. When, when did I, mean, I become the Malik Smith guy? I don't know. You're definitely the Malik Smith I feel Smith like you're guy. the Malik Smith you're guy. You're definitely the Malik Smith guy. <laughs> How am I the Malik Smith guy? So I've been Lorenzo Kane, my rankings. Lorenzo Kane must be a very valued player in Roto then. Because he's also a good hitter, but he also could steal 30-plus bags. But his, he gave you 38 RBIs last year. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, that sinks you. That's People like will catcher. see the 300 yeah. batting average and 25 stolen bases from Lorenzo Kane, but... Are you also seeing the 10 home runs and 38 stolen bases that he's giving you? Yeah. We kind of 38 did, RBIs. We did this comparison with uh, Ender Inciarte. Mm-hmm. Ender Inciarte is really not that far off from Lorenzo Cain in terms of, I mean, 
He might give you double-digit home runs. He's not going to give you many RBIs. He might score. It depends completely where Ender Inciarte bats in the lineup. Right. I mean, Kane's batting in a great lineup. Ender Inciarte is going to give you 25 stolen bases. Okay. Which is but, similar to Kane. But obviously, Kane should be more valuable. As we found right? out. Lorenzo Kane is going pick 67 in NFBC ADP. Ender Inciarte is going pick 140. That's a Should huge they be difference. that different? Should they be that far apart? I think so. I think Kane has proven that he is a guy that could hit 300 Christmas in the majors. Picks. I know. But Ender Inciarte hasn't proven enough yet, I guess. Uh, Kane has stolen 30-plus bases multiple times, right? He's Kane's hit also 300. like 33 years old now. I, yes, he is. But he's older. That experience is going to keep him in the lineup. Uh, he's going to bat leadoff in a team that has Yelich, Aguilar, Shaw, Braun all behind him, Mustakis. Like, the run scored might be he's 110. Better. You know yeah, what I mean? He's better for sure. But is he 75 picks better? I don't know about is that. Lorenzo Cain 75 picks better than Ender and T.R. Tegra? No. I said, that's you, I said that's you the first time we talked about it. No. 75 is a lot. And I know the, the stolen base to caught stealing ratio was not great for NCRT last year. It was 28 to 14. But what I'm looking at is the fact that he actually attempted 42 stolen bases, which was mm-hmm. a career high in terms of attempts for Ender and CRT. So he had mm-hmm. 265 last year. He's a 289 career hitter. I think the batting was a little bit low last year. The batting average was unlucky. I think he bounced back. I think he hits 280 with 25 plus stolen bases, maybe 10 home runs. Yeah. That's not that far off from Lorenzo uh, from Lorenzo. Kane. Yeah, Kane might hit 15. That's about, you know. Let's take a break. His. Let's go over some whip guys next. That'll be fun. Whip. Whip. College basketball has reached the climax of the 2019 season, and the Fantasy Sports Network has you covered for all the news and betting information for the conference tournaments leading up to the big dance. Get the latest wagering and prop bet advice every day from FNTSY's top experts and analysts as they prepare you with the best advice in bracketology. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in iTunes and Google Play and watch select programming in the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your home for winning big in the month of madness. Rain dance! Make it rain. One of our guys on Twitter has a team name for you, Joe Melville. What about two for the price of one? Oh, or what about? Yeah. I like Bryce Harper being price, right? So what about worth the $300 million price tag? Worth the price tag? Something like that. Price tag. I think you got to go with something like that using Bryce and the money that he just signed. And what was the first one he used? Two for the price of one. I like that, man. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. What is it that you do at the NCAA? Besides pick on kids for smoking weed and eating at the Chick-fil-A for free. You don't do anything when little kids get raped and molested in the locker room. You covered it up when the gymnasts were getting groped and molested. You have no problem covering up players raping girls. What do you do? What do you do besides take money and mess with kids' lives? Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Final 20 minutes of the program here. So let's let you know 
that we're swinging for the fences this daily fantasy baseball season with DailyRoto.com. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto will help you hit your first home run as the 2019 MLB Daily Roto premium package is now live. A lot of alerts and weather updates. Yeah, they got you covered. Fantasy projections, mm-hmm, covered. A lot of optimizers compete with the pros. Yeah, they're covered there, too. Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with the early bird special using promo code FNTSY. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY or lead off 19. We actually changed that, so we make sure you get the right graphic up. Get 10% off the early bird discount today. It's DailyRoto.com, FNTSY. i got to make sure we delete that one with the other one up. But FNTSY is the code. Lead off 19 will work also. Uh, DailyRoto.com, promo code is FNTSY. S-Y. I want to get in the whip, but Frank, go right ahead. Well, Greg, you're forgetting about the main stolen base target going outside, I believe, the top 300 picks right now. So I know the Shields outside the top 400 picks, pick 419. Wow. You play in a 30-round Roto draft. You're getting this guy last pick. You're getting him for $1.00. 99th percentile in sprint speed last year. Everyone was getting excited about Lionel Shields this time last year that he has the ability to steal 40 bases and maybe hit 10 home runs and, you know, that for a decent batting average. I mean, coming off his 2017, he was, you know, nearly 270 batting average, 29 steals, six home runs, scored 75 runs. Uh, he actually walks a lot too, something you pointed out during the break, venture a 10% walk rate for his career. Everyone was excited about Lionel Shields last year for stolen bases. Now he's going outside the top 400. In ADP, that's just, it screams buying opportunity to me. I know he's going to bat lower in the, the Rangers lineup, and it's not a good lineup, but can he hit, you know, seven, eight home runs with 30 stolen bases yeah. in a 15-team roto league? There's there's value in that. And you're drafting him as a bench player, so, right? You plug yeah. him in when you want, yeah. when he's ready. Absolutely. Well, if you play weekly leagues, it's not like... Is it a weekly? Yeah, it's yes. weekly leagues. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You just plug him in when you want. The thing with the lineup of the Shields is... Number one, he's hurt a lot. Number two, he always stinks. Yeah. So, well, the yeah, average is low. Well, Greg, no pop. I mean, all these guys stink. We drafted around four hundred. Yeah. Well, Get him for the steals. Steals. speed. Speed. Twenty nine yeah. stolen bases two speed. years ago. What were you doing two years ago? I'll tell I, you what I was you weren't doing. His right, exactly stealing twenty nine bases. <laughs> That's what you weren't doing. I would have done it in kickball if they let me. <laughs> no, they wouldn't let you. You don't have to. How's speed. he going to throw you out with the kickball? Exactly. They won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too busy bunting half the time. That's why I bunt and then I would steal, Frank. No, you don't steal. You know, I'm not allowed. <laughs> Venture would steal. I would try. Steal. not allowed. There's no stealing. Venture's yeah. faster than you. <laughs> okay. Set I'm pretty race. fast. Are you? Set up a race. But I haven't played in a while. So I could I'm, be pretty, rusty. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Probably faster than me. I'm Fine. pretty pretty fast. I was a center fielder. So. You were. And a, and a closer. And a closer. And a closer. By the way, just want to say this. Chance Cisco. Remember we talked about it? He's hitting 438 in the spring of four homers. Kids buying chances. Six walks, four strikeouts. Greg doesn't no like one's buying talk that? about players going outside the top 480p. He's a catcher. Oh, let's talk about Jose Ramirez for two hours. What is Are you kidding me? Top five pick. That was your Who idea. Do you talk about? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about that Jesus Judas and Brad up, Keller. We bring up Delino to Shields, oh. and we bring up Chance Cisco. And who, uh, so who do you want to talk about? Yeah, what sleeper do you well, look? Who should I keep, Blake Snell or Zach Wheeler? I wanted to talk about Jake Judas and Brad Keller, which we the did. Top the Jose Ramirez idea was yours. It was. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That wasn't me at all. Yeah. I'm just saying, Greg. But I want to know you what sleeper you like. You don't want to talk about like. the guys going super late. What do you, who, these who do you want to talk about? Listen, imagine. These are sleepers. These, these aren't sleepers. These are just speed schmucks. Oh, so they're not even. These are speed schmucks. These aren't I mean, sleepers. Because, all right, but I guarantee you, 
we're going to be looking down at our team on Thursday. You will be looking down at our team and saying, we're going to drift the line we need stolen bases. I'm going to tell you we, <laughs> we need stolen bases. Stolen base. no, literally, no matter what. There's because nothing. I care about us winning, Greg. And you're like, well, uh, is Jose Ramirez still on the board? Again, you how, would you, how would you structure your team for stolen bases? I'm, ideally, yeah. we'll just get a bunch of guys to steal a little bit. So don't yeah, I like that guys. too. Like well, the 15, want, 20 guys. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought I was doing too. Great. My great fantasy baseball invitational. And then you realize, oh crap. You know, when I got to draft corner infielders like Yonder Alonso and Michael Franco, dude, but they're there's, not giving you stolen dude, bases. Dude, there's ultimately right? no, at no you point. Your, your, like, your the, no matter what, Morales utility player, legitimately, no bases. matter what we do, Can you're going to say we don't know stolen bases. I'm positive of that. Yeah. We could draft Billy Nobody Hamilton and Raul Acuna and Christian Yelich. And Gene Segura, all yeah. on the same team. We're proving your own point. Speed. Nobody's going to have stolen bases. But that's like five guys that you are going to give you 25 plus. You proved your own that's point, though. Different. Correct. You said nobody's going to have stolen bases. So why are you worried about you? So much. But we could beat them. Yeah, well, but then we, you're going to hear it somewhere else. Yeah. We're not going to have enough average. We just have Delano DeShields. He'll be all right. But Delano DeShields sucks, dude. <laughs> we give you 30 stolen bases. <laughs> but he sucks. He won't be in our lineup because he's not good enough, so we won't even get those but steals. What about Leonis Martin? <laughs> Same category. <laughs> hey, 15 and 15. That's why you like Cedric Mullins, right? Yeah. I like Cedric Mullins. So what's the difference between Leonis Martin and Cedric Mullins? Nothing. I just thought Delano DeShields is worse than both of them. <laughs> Aren't they? Well, they're betting last, Whatever. too. Right, we, we, we don't have to have Delano. Let's get into rotation fillers here. Okay. So the guys you're drafting, I want to ask you about this. Are you, are you, can you get in on like a guy like Michael Waka? <sighs> I mean, I draft him maybe at the end of a draft. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't think I'm going to get much out of him. I don't expect much. We've tried this before a million times, haven't we, Michael Waka? We have. But he's like not when he's healthy. He's like not that bad. He's not terrible. Yeah, I guess he's a serviceable major league pitcher. But that's not what you want, fans. Nah, he's pretty bad. <laughs> Next player. <laughs> he had a three twenty. The, the way that you feel about Delano DeShields is how I feel about Michael Waka. So I guess we're not drafting him. No, we're not. Yeah, I think Michael Waka is a little better than Delano DeShields, though. He's Seven and a half case per nine. 3.8 walks per But I'm looking for certain categories. I mean, at least, at least, what category is whip? Michael Walker giving you? Not whip. Not whip. His whip was 1.23 <laughs> last year. Not whip. The year before it was 1.36. Mm-hmm. The year before it was 1.48. That's bad. That's bad. You want to draft him for whip? Yeah, he's going to do something to your whip. I didn't say whip. Not going to help it. His ERA was good. 3.2. I guess Bieber would be a good whip guy to have. Definitely. Later, going a lot later on than Shane Beaver, dude. Like, going a lot later on, we know you love them. Later on, I do love Shane Beaver. Beeb. The Beebs. The Beebs. Um, I think Veneta has a good whip. These are So these players are ones that, according to the bat pro- projections from Derek Cardi, all have a 1.20 whip or less. Oh, like Michael Walker. So for where they go, No, he's 1.23. And years close. before, he was like 1.35. Very close. He walks way too much, and he's just not good, Greg. So, does, so that's what we can say about Michael Walker. But Michael Pineda yeah. Yeah. was projected for a 1.2 whip, and he's going outside the top 300 as well. He's been a little up and down. I got an update. Spring. I got an update for you. Oh, don't do this. It's, it's worth it. Akbar. Nope, 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 nope. nope. It's baseball related, but guys, we've talked about. You know, I was, I was just pumping up my man Brad Keller a second ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Opening day starter, Brad Keller. Oh, man. How about that? <laughs> right. There you go. Brad Keller, Greg. <laughs> Anything else? What, do you, what else do you have to add about Brad Keller? I like Brad Keller. He might Keller. be a two-star pitcher in the first week. There you go. I like Brad Keller. Who's he going up against? Who do they face this week? Uh, probably like Corey Kluver. <laughs> Let me look. It's a great matchup. You can talk about your guy now. Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda projected for a 1.18 whip 
via the bat projections from Derek Hardy. Um, he's had, you know what? He actually never has had great. He's yeah. <laughs> like, He's been terrible he's his been whole career. With his whip. Yeah. He's actually better for strikeouts late than he is for whip. Definitely. He's yes. better for strikeouts. Definitely. He's a, he's a very he's a Robbie Ray. He walks a million dudes. He, he I wouldn't touch walk him. A lot man. of guys though, Greg. He, he gives up hits. 2.08 walks per nine for his career. He gives up hits. That's the answer. He gives up hits. Always base runners. Always, always base runners. runners. Some way or another. But he's going to a bigger ballpark now in Minnesota, yeah. playing in Target Field, not playing in the Bambox Yankee Stadium. I think Michael Pena has a little bit of bounce back potential. Just because he's going outside the top 300, he'd give you a strikeout per inning. He's actually in a much better ballpark now. Dude. And he pitches in the AL Central. We, game one, Brad Keller against the White Sox. Let's go. Who's the White Sox? I think they started for the White Sox. No idea. Yeah. No. Uh, probably Carlos Rodon. I would Ew. Ivan Nola, maybe? That's a White Sox lineup without Eloy Jimenez. Oh, and I'll tell you right now. Streaming Brad Keller in week Get, one. Get! Right? We are drafting Brad Keller Thursday night! I just looked at Brad Baby. Keller, okay? What do, what do you think? First of all, he don't K anybody. No, he doesn't. No, he throws, he throws harder now. He throws harder. He throws harder now. He does. He's throwing harder in the spring. Uh, he had a great ERA, right? Great ERA. But I looked at his minus and his pretty bad. Pretty bad minor league career. Like, bad. All right, well, we're hoping these uh, oh, that worries the adjustments me. <laughs> that he's making in the spring are, are helping him out here. I mean, if you get him for a dollar. 2015 was a big year for Brad Keller in the minors. Bash. Oh, Rod- yeah, Carlos Rodon is probably going to be the open day, Sada. I like Carlos Rodon, too. Brad Keller. Not going to help your whip, I do, though. too, though. Except Carlos Rodon, not going to help Walks three whip. guys. Might help your strikeouts. But that's what I'm talking about, Greg, is you have to be conscious of the whip category, specifically, I think, while you're getting your starting pitchers, because, and this works a little bit against Chris Archer, because he's not the greatest whip pitcher, but a lot of these pitchers who go later in drafts, they're going to give you strikeouts, but they're also going to give you a bad whip. Like Ray. Carl- like Robbie Ray. Carl- exactly. Like Carlos Rodon, I think he's going to bounce back with strikeouts this year, but he's never been a good whip pitcher because he always walks a lot of guys. Vince Velasquez, you've always loved Vince Velasquez. <sighs> I, love I love his whip. He might give you sucks. strikeouts, his whip, but his whip sucks. is always bad. Horrible, so yeah. That's why like, there are a lot of pitchers at this point later on in the draft that are going to give you strikeouts, but they're not necessarily going to give you good whips. So that's why... Please be conscious of your whip throughout the but draft. Here's Very the early on in the draft. The aces you get, you want to get aces with the good whip. I actually think it's a really good point because I think we are so obsessed with strikeouts and we're so obsessed with ERA, we leave whip out of it. And you can find strikeouts. I'm not obsessed with ERA. I don't even care about ERA. What are you obsessed with then? Strikeouts. That's it. That's and one, that's, no, it's one category. Strikeout to walk ratio is very important to me. Oh, very he would important. love Shane Bieber. Yes. He does love Shane Bieber. Yeah. Anybody who, who doesn't walk a lot of people and has... You know, a K rate that's, you know, a K per inning or around there, I'm on it. You know what I mean? It's a points league. It's different, though. You're looking for other things. But that's why, like, Vince Velasquez, right? Like, I know he's, he's obviously been bad, but he gives you the Ks, right? I think he could grow into something more, though. He's only 26 years old. So you got to be, when you're looking at these guys that have bad whips late, but they K a lot of people, try to find the guy maybe that can maybe take the next step and lower the whip, lower the ERA, and become a more balanced pitcher. Because there are guys that are going to do that this year. They're going to come out of left field, and Vince Velasquez could be one of those guys. I have a few more names here on the list. Yesterday we talked about Ross Stripling and the Los Angeles Dodgers pitchers, so I'm not really going to uh, you know, go too far in depth on those guys. But Ross Stripling was a great whip pitcher last year. And when we were talking with Matty Moe, maybe Urias doesn't start the year in the rotation, but that would mean Ross Stripling probably is starting the year in the rotation. I think whenever he pitches, even if he goes five, six innings, I don't think he's going to go very deep in games, but uh, he, I think mo- more often than not, is going to be a pretty good pitcher there uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that's Ross Stripling. And then 
Eh. Colin McHugh, who a lot of people are talking about, and I think rightfully so, um, but the past couple of years, look, the strikeout rate went up huge last year. That was mainly because he was in the bullpen. He didn't start a single game. He only went 72 innings. So you see the strikeouts per nine are Mm -hmm. way high, Mm -hmm. uh, but he actually developed a new pitch. I know he was working with Brad Peacock on that, but no, like... He should probably stay in the bullpen. He's projected by the bat for a 1.18 whip, and a lot of people are excited about Colin McHugh. Greg, are you... Are you with everybody? I'm in on just the Astros in general in, yeah. in the rotation. Because they make everyone good. We everyone spoke, they turn to. We turn spoke to about Brad Peacock earlier. Uh, we spoke about Wade Miley earlier as well. Like Miley, Peacock, um, Colin McHugh. I want pieces here. Now, it is a little bit different in like, points leagues and quality stars because these guys are not going to go di- that deep into games. Right. They have a dominant bullpen. They want them to get the first five innings and be done. Right. That's so there's a big difference between... That's the issue yeah. uh, in the points leagues with these guys. But you just want in a rotisserie league... Innings eaters, right? That's gonna get you a couple innings. Good whip, strong strikeout numbers. These are the kind of guys I like, Frank. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys at on Michael Fulmer? Because uh-huh. he's he, he was, was dominant at one year, point, and he he's coming off a major injury, and the velocity hasn't come back yet in the spring. He's actually struggled with the velocity, but when he was healthy the past couple of years, I know. I mean, you probably hate Michael Fulmer. Yes, I do. 4.69 ERA. Correct. But I owned him the two years prior when he had three points. He was dominant at one point. And he had a early in the season. I mean, he was great. And he was throwing mid-90s, and he has he has a wipeout slider. And in those two years, Greg, his whip was actually 1.15 or lower. Yeah. And you're getting him yeah. much later now. Last year, he it was 1.31. It was very bad. But, you, you, but so at, in his prime, he was a good Doesn't he have a, a great changeup as well? He's in his prime. He's 25 years old right now. This He's going into his when prime. When he was actually pitching, and he was pitching at his best, Greg, he was a 1.15 sure. whip or lower. Absolutely. Let mm-hmm. me get back there. But as you have said, the velocity hasn't come back. It doesn't mean it's never going to. It might. Even when he had velocity, he didn't really care a ton it of might. people anyway. I mean, he was awful last I always, year, obviously. I always thought that he should have struck out more guys yeah. than he did. He has based a, on the arsenal that he had. I remember he had never, a great changeup. He had a great changeup at one point, right? Does he still have that great changeup? Because he can make that work. Yeah, I mean, he, he uses the changeup. The changeup's not the issue. The fastball's fast not fast enough. Well, I right po- now, yeah, but it, again, like even last year, it was 96 miles per hour. He's, only, he's always lived in the mid-90s. Right now in the spring, he's not where he needs to be yet. 92, 91? He's nine, yeah, he's 90, 91. That's not good enough. Not good. No, it's not good. I mean, Keiko throws 90, but... Michael Fulmer. I, I normally would defend Michael Fulmer. He's been my guy for years, but... Yeah. I mean, the two years prior to last year, he was a very serviceable pitcher. Where is he going in drafts? He, I, I think he's still young enough that we can't just write him off. I agree with that. It might take him like a month to get going, so I don't... Even if I draft Michael Fulmer, I'm not using him early on in the season. I, can't, I really want to take a wait-and-see approach with him. It, can you, though? Can, that's what I'm saying. Like, where can you draft him? Yeah, you get him super late. So if the Three, value's 385. there. 385. Okay, so yeah. And this was a guy that I remember after that first season, he was going, uh, I think, as like a top you know, 50 pitcher or something like that. Top 40. You know, like he, he was one of the top pitchers, young pitchers going off the board. Um, and now he's dropping that low. You're right. He's young. I like these guys that are young that fall off, that could bounce back, and people forget about them. People totally forgot about this guy. I agree with you. But if the velocity is down, it is worrisome. I mean, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see 90-91 from a guy that was throwing 95-96. I know the whip isn't exactly where he wanted to be, especially last year. But is that Eflin a guy that you can take late and get something worthy out of him, Frank? Yeah, so Zach Eflin is actually an interesting name because he made some strides last year, and we were talking about velocity for Michael Fulmer coming down and how he needs to get that back. Uh, Zach Eflin was actually someone who saw the velocity go up last year. In 2017, the fastball 92.7 miles per hour. 
Last year, he was up at 94.3. So you see a two-mile-per-hour difference in his velocity. Mm-hmm. There's actually this new metric. I, I've tried to explain it to you guys. I don't know if I've done it on the air or mentioned it, but it's called ACEs. And it's... Uh, I heard Jim Sonis say it. It's Eno Saris, and it's Aaron Sauceda, who's with uh, CBS Sportsline. It basically tries to measure a pitcher's stuff. So it takes into account their velocity, their command of their pitches, the movement of their their pitches. It tries to take Mm -hmm. everything and make it fully encompassing. Mm -hmm. Zach Eflin was in the 95th percentile in that stat. So he he might be a player that we're sleeping on a little bit. Because the velocity was up. He was never a guy who, you know, struck out a lot. Of, how about this, Greg? I mean, in 2016 and 2017, his case per nine were 4.9 and 4.41. Last year was closer Last year was to, up to 8.65. Yeah. The velocity meant something. He almost yeah. doubled it. Maybe it's the next Charlie Morton. So he has my attention. He's never been able to pitch with, uh, with runners on base. So I don't know if that's like a mental thing. He's like a John Gray 2.0. But at least he doesn't pitch in Coors Field. You can take that away. I think the stuff is there. Mm-hmm. I think in a deeper league... No, 15-team mix roto, NL only. I'm interested. Zach Eflin. I mean, even end of your bench. Home league? Dash. Tomorrow on the program, auction draft strategy for two hours. It'll be fun. Chris Ventra. For Frank Stanfield. I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks to everybody downstairs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. hope.